Hello and welcome to part two of the 91st episode of Indie Radio, a weekly podcast in which we chat with the creative minds involved with the creation of indie games. I'm Brett Hudson. And I'm Ian Jones. In the second part, we continue our conversation with Limbo Lane, discussing Smile For Me's epilogue, the community that has emerged around the game, designing fun websites, method acting, and what's next for the studio. If you haven't yet played Smile For Me or its epilogue, we advise doing that first, as the following episode is full of spoilers. The epilogue at the very end, when it was counting down the number of messages, I was like, oh, am I? And then finally I got to, you know, be the person to send the last one. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I, I froze up a little bit. I'm like, oh, I've got other people watching me. I can't do this right now. (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna have to think about this. Yeah, that that was really neat, and I'm guessing those are actually being sent to you. Yep. You yeah. Can read every one of them, and yeah. it was like from the moment we put out the epilogue, there were so many letters, so many more than I could ever imagine. There was. I'm not even kidding. Like I was counting, and I think there's like upwards of ten thousand. Like I'm not like literally actually. That's possible. And the the what happened? <laughs> there's this getting information from from forms is kind of a hassle if you don't know PHP. And so I was using this um, this third party service that um, like aggregates them and then sends them in an email. And they were clumping up as they came in. They were clumping up all the responses in my inbox into threads of a hundred and still my entire first page of Gmail the next day was just threads of a hundred of responses to that. Um, it was like, two, it was like 2000 in the first couple of days, which was awesome. Um, and also really like almost, almost holistically positive. I mean, most people wrote more than a couple of sentences. Um, almost everyone wrote, something that was really kind. I don't think, I never saw any that were negative. So, yeah. so when we, so this actually gets into why we made this epilogue. Um, the response to our game when we made it was um, truly more positive than we could have expected. Um, and the fan base that formed was more positive than we could have expected. Um, and the epilogue was our little love letter to our fan base. Um, it was trying to um, you know, thank each and every person who had put themselves in the role of the flower kid for, um, you know, how they how they handled that mantle and how they helped make this supportive and positive community. Um, and uh, perhaps it's a testament to how almost ubiquitously positive the community was, but we didn't have to put any kind of if you put a feedback form on most any website in the world and made it anonymous, the hate mail that you would get just because people see an anonymous form on the internet would be unbelievable. But we gave people unfettered access to send anonymous anything to us through our website, and I never saw anything negative, the, the, the 
the only non-genuine thing I ever saw was someone who sent us a, a link to the link to Rick Astley's Never Gonna Give You Up, which is cute. <laughs> it's yeah. really sweet. Um, and most people wrote like a couple paragraphs. I thought it was really sweet. Yeah. Oh my God. I remember. I think maybe a few nights after um, we put the epilogue out, I sat down in my bed and I was gonna read. I was like, all right, I'm gonna read a bunch of these, and I was completely blown away people wrote paragraphs upon paragraphs of just like heartfelt like letters people saying and i and i never expected anything like this like people saying like oh you changed your game and its community changed our lives for the better like super genuinely people were typing out all the struggles they were having and how they felt when the game came out and how they felt seen by a bunch of different characters in the game and i was just like well now it's time to cry because it was just like it was so it was so beautiful, and I'm I'm really happy that people had that kind of response. And that wasn't just like a few of the letters that were like that. Like it was almost like unanimously people like pouring their hearts out to either us as the game devs or pouring their hearts out to the characters as if like they're they're like they're still writing in character, and it was amazing. Yeah. So so here let me let me back up and give a little bit of background. So mm-hmm. um, the epilogue we released for the first anniversary of the game's release. Um, so we released it May 31st, 2020. Um, as you might remember, a lot of things were happening May 31st, 2020. A lot of things are still happening. Um, and we built this little thing because we we wanted to celebrate what people had done with our game. They'd kind of like taken these characters in this community and they really ran with it. Um, and um, this this is a little bit of a spoiler for the epilogue, but it's really, you know, you saw it coming, Brett. This is not much of a spoiler at all. Um, the way the epilogue is structured is it's actually not part of the game. It's not built in a game engine or anything. It's a website. And that website is structured like an email thread taking place between all of the characters of the game one year after the in-game events. So if you played the game on release date and then played the epilogue on release date, this is, you know, in real time for you. And uh, as all these characters talk about what has happened in the last year, you begin to run out of free messages. And finally, with one message remaining, the characters, especially Kamal, make space for you, the flower kid, to speak your mind for the first time, to take the last email. Because you have been a mute immersed protagonist for the entirety of Smile For Me than the first 90% of the epilogue. And finally, in this conclusion, you get to say how it is you feel to the characters, right? Not just to other fans or to us, although it is technically to us. This is you interacting with these characters in a way that I think a lot of people really wanted to. And that was the, um, that was the kind of experience, that was like the nugget that we really wanted to build and give to people because we were really happy with how everything turned out. I hope that background is helpful for listeners. Absolutely. Um, the, it's, there's, there's a duality of, so the, there, there's a slight bit of interaction with you loading more messages in as they, as they come in and then like compared to the game, there's a lot less interactiveness. You know, you're just clicking a button, loading in more messages, but that final 
interaction like has so much expressiveness because you literally can do whatever you want like you fully expressing your voice um I don't know exactly where I was going with this, but I, I think that it's it's interesting that, like, the epilogue is both, like, you know, less interactive than the game, but still more expressive in a way. Um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the only way it was able to be more expressive is because of, of um, you know, because of the, because the game exists as the background, right? Otherwise, people have no reason to care that they get to write whatever they want to these characters. Who are they? Mm -hmm. I don't, you know. Um, But, you know, we realized the way people connected to these characters, um, you know, we hoped they would connect to these characters, but I think you go, I think you'll agree with me on this, they connected more than I think we expected. Oh, yeah. and, And as a result, we realized this was the thing that people were missing from the original game was this this conclusive opportunity to um, really express themselves through not just a nod or a shake or these really constrained interactions and controls, but through a totally expressive, creative, um, you know, message. We also filled the epilogue with fan art because that's a, one of the big things that we were thanking people for is the way this community like um, did a lot of very very concrete things like draw these characters a lot and write about them and make art and music about them and make memes about them and you know yeah um, if if I can talk on that for a second it was so interesting seeing the roles switched. And what I mean by that is when I was, like, maybe in high school and stuff, I was part of fan bases. Like, I would draw fan art for my favorite shows or video games, and I'd interact with the people around me, make my own stories based on those types of things. So for me to finally sort of be be in, like, the creator's seat and see, and see my game, like, having, like, a fan base of its own, it was, like, amazing. It's, like... Finally, like, I can feel like this sort of connection with, like, a community in a completely different way than I had before, and it was amazing. I mean, and it's not even like our game reached a particularly large pool of people. You know, I mean, we, we reached a bunch of people, but mm-hmm. um, not by any means the size of... Um, not by any means the size of the player base of other games that had this degree of community interaction. We just had a much, a much higher ratio of people who were really invested in these characters and really wanted to make content about them um, to other players than I think a lot of other, a lot of other games that um, perhaps uh, sold a lot more copies. You know. There's a song in in the epilogue, uh, and that was created uh, by the team, correct? Um, so, so the song in the epilogue is a rendition of uh, Platitudes, which was the credit song for uh, the original Smile For Me. Um, mm-hmm. That song is composed by Lucas Sauer, who is our director. Mm-hmm. Um, and was sung by um, Ezia, 
um, who is a, a vocalist who sang on the original uh, Easy IA, who sang on the original in the credits of the first game, and um, who was nice enough to come back and sing for this rendition as well. Um, and I think all the other instruments were played by were played by uh, Lucas. Um, Lucas did a lot of a lot of really amazing music for the original game. He composed all of it um, and worked with a number of musicians to make it all come to life. Um, and yeah, we, we, that was truly the song and the epilogue was truly like a little tear grab. No, that's cynical. The, the, the intention of that song is to put people in an emotional headspace where they, um, are ready to, you know, write. I think if we make the epilogue feel a little bit corny, then people don't feel bad being whatever level of corny they would like to be mm -hmm. to these characters, right? If the epilogue takes mm. itself seriously, then people can only take themselves seriously and maybe if they are feeling really brave, be vulnerable. But if the epilogue makes it clear that it's sappy and we as the creators who really at the end of the dialogue in the epilogue, it's really, I think our voices are really shining through. You can tell that some of these things are really things that we wanted to say. If we are being sappy ourselves, I think it really gives people permission to be sappy in their writing to whatever degree they would like. You know, it doesn't exclude anyone. So that's that's why the music is there is to is to make it clear that you know that we feel emotional about this. So you as the player also can if you'd like. So you have one piece in there that is created by the team, and of course, all the all the dialogue is also the team. As far as all the artwork goes, is all of that community created? Yeah, uh, the all the art in the um, epilogue, save for the pick of the fish um, at the very beginning, that was me. But everything else was just amazing fan art from our community. And now let me let me tell you, I was so blown away that there was fan art before the game was out that I was like, all right, you know what? I'm gonna collect it. I'm gonna collect every single piece of fan art that I can. So I had a folder and anytime I'd see a new piece of fan art, I'd be like, all right, controls, I'm gonna save this, control S, control S. And my God, is it a huge folder. Like, I'm so flattered that people felt enough of a connection that they could create that much. And it's sort of, it's gotten to the point where I've completely lost track. Like there's too much, I can't save all of it. Um, but it's so it was so amazing to see, and um, of course we wanted we wanted to really highlight the fan art aspect and stuff. So I went through that folder. I went through that massive folder, and I figured out all right. I want I like this aspect, and I like this aspect, and we just kind of pulled it together and um, put them in the epilogue. It was a really good time. It's very hard to choose between some of those pictures. Oh yeah, it was insanely hard. Very fun, but insanely hard. Yeah, I think that was one of my first thoughts was like, as soon as I realized that they were made by, you know, uh, the community, I was like, oh my goodness, the, like, choosing between them, that, that couldn't have been an easy choice. I mean, there are, there are so many pieces of fan art that we both love that didn't make it in. Mm -hmm. um, like, just too many to, too many to count. Um, yeah, uh, it was... I don't know. We, we, we really wanted to make 
an attempt to to thank people for all of that effort. And part of that was showing off that art. Part of it was canonizing some of that art, which was mm-hmm. kind of fun to do. Um, like, for example, the message where Murphy tells you that the flower kid in their new adventures has been sending her um, photos of the new people that they've been meeting out in the world. And it the website serves you a random a random selection of a very large pool of um, of uh, photo style pictures of OCs that people made for the what? game. Yeah, yeah. If you if you if you go back and refresh the page, you'll get you'll get um, likely entirely new people on that page. Um, we we wanted to make an effort to take some of these things and say that you know since you as the player are the flower kid these things that you've made this content your your writings your art that in its own way does exist and is as real as the game is you know it was fun as hell to make (laughs) i bet from the beginning did you know that you were going to make a website or you have a different medium in mind I think that was the only thing that we could think of that could be like universally like accessible and stuff to make like another application that you'd have to download through Steam or something. It might have that might have been like too difficult and maybe people couldn't find it as easy. But if it's just like a web browser thing, anybody can use it. You can do it on your computer. You can do it on your iPad. You can do it on your phone. Um, we just thought that was like the best way to service this. And making a making a really weird website like that that works in all those aspect ratios was not easy, but I did it. Um, the, when we talked about celebrating the anniversary, at first we weren't sure exactly what it was going to be. We thought about maybe just like collecting and posting all of the, all of, you know, a selection of our favorite art um, or doing something kind of s- slightly fourth wall breaking using Dr. Habit's Twitter account which exists and has twice as many followers as I do. Um, it, 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 he overtook me long ago, um, and he's, he keeps climbing. It's at, at uh, D-R-H-A-B-I-T on Twitter. Um, and God, it's great. Anyway, um, we thought about doing a lot of things, but ultimately what we decided was that like, the thing we really wanted to do was just return to this world for a moment and use that as an opportunity to thank everyone for what they've done for this and also to um, do a little bit more content for these characters who are so fun to write. Is Ian looking at the... (laughs) (laughs) I'm guessing so. Yeah, yeah, I I was looking through the Twitter account for a second there. Yeah, I would be too right now, but if I do that, like my focus is just going to be on that. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, sure, Gabe. Yeah, again now and later, but (laughs) it's interesting. It's so much fun to write in that voice. Yeah, Um, (laughs) I absolutely loved in the epilogue spell track. Yeah. (laughs) And then everyone immediately was like, "Hey, I hate that." It's great. Yeah, it's probably my favorite, my mm-hmm. favorite joke that we wrote for the epilogue. Um, Doctor Habit's voice is so much fun to write in. It it came. I've told this story before, but very briefly, um, 
that that voice was invented when we hadn't written any of Dr. Habit's dialogue, but we knew we wanted the the promotional website for Smile for Me to be mm-hmm. a website that he made diegetically. So this terrible, like Geo City's ass, like weird Beautiful. starry background with like lime green text misspelled and like little Hugo like found all like all these little bad like gifts. Anyway, <laughs> to sprinkle in the text. Anyway, when I was writing that website, I like couldn't figure out what he was supposed to sound like. Um, and I like went to sleep late at night, like not able to make heads or tails of this. And then like tossed and turned for an hour and finally was like, you know what? No, I'm just going to bang out a draft on this website. And I like jumped out of bed at 3 a.m. and like landed at my desk and just like started typing um, and all my lights were off, so I couldn't like see what keys I was hitting. Um, and I also, <laughs> I also just wanted to get this draft out so quickly that I didn't, I, I didn't want to go back and amend any of the changes. So I actually, a couple sentences in, was like, actually, this is great. This is like, <laughs> this is like definitely how how this man would type. Um, like I just kind of like let my fingers kind of like go loose. Like wasn't really just like doing all the things that they taught me not to do in third grade typing class. Oh, yeah, good old type to learn. Good old type to learn. And that that voice is just stuck, the typing voice. Yeah, it's definitely unique, and uh, you know exactly who it is right away. Um, (laughs) And the craziest thing about it is it's completely legible. You can read it. You can interpret exactly what it says. We, we spend a non-trivial amount of time going over each sentence slash word. <laughs> we spend, it's like, there's like a, a messy part of it, but then there's like a, there's a part where you just make the typos that sound funny. And then there's a pass where you go back and you like very carefully check which typos should be there and shouldn't be in there. And it's a whole process, but it's fun. It's really fun. Good thing to, to add to your resume. Just like, can speak fluent typo <laughs> Or typo-ish? I'm sure if I'm applying for a job, they'll really love that I can take a sentence filled with typos and I can make it still filled with typos, but legible. It's an important Keep skill to have. Voice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Submit an entire resume that way. Oh. That's great. Oh, you know what? You would catch their attention. They'd be like, who is this? <laughs> I might not get a job offer, but I would I would really make a splash, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If if you did get a job offer, that would be that would be the story to tell. So one of my favorite websites to look at is the Heaven's Gate cult website, which is still up to this day. And it's just got all this, like, this funny, like, horrible text on it and, like, a blinking star background and, like, horrible little, like, old 90s, like, GeoCity gifts. And for such a serious thing, it's such a whimsical website. Um, so looking at that and then going back on, like, the uh, Wayback Machine and looking at a whole bunch of different, like, old weird websites, I was like, this is what it has to be. Um, and I think I think maybe it was... The way that the website was built, that was sort of the decision for what time period that the game takes place in. Um, I think it's written somewhere, somewhere that the game takes place in 1994. Um, but yeah, I, I, 
was that how it went? Was because the website was that sort of style? Was that how we picked, like, the time period? I think so. That's what I I mean, you, not to tell everyone about how you do things, but you, you are a big proponent of a technique which I really like, which is choosing time period based on what kind of restrictions you want the world to have, like choosing to set a piece of content yeah. in this year because you want there to be walkie-talkies, but like no cell phones, etc. Um, so I totally believe that that's how it happened. For the record, <laughs> the, the website we're talking about, um, which anyone can still find now, is smileformegame.com, um, which was the first website we put up that advertised um, that advertised the game, and it's it's written in Doctor Habit's voice. It's very fun. I do really appreciate the uh, URLs you guys are using for some of this, the TLDs in particular. It's, <laughs> it's nice to see that uh, they're actually getting like good use cases. Like smile.today <laughs> for the epilogue. Yeah, yeah it's wonderful. <laughs> Google Domains just has my number. It knows what I want. It's got it for me. Part of me was like, yes, TLD. And the other part was like, oh, that's so wholesome. <laughs> smile for today. <laughs> what were some other contenders for the TLDs? Were there any? What else did we think we were going to call the epilogue? Mm, we had a lot of name ideas that didn't work as like an extension. Um, right. Because I think there's, at one point, no dot epilogue. yeah, there was no dot epilogue. <laughs> yeah. And I think it was posited that we just do smileformeepilogue.com. And I was like, oh, that's so boring. I can't. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, somehow, somehow we cycled back to that? Yugo gets big points for convincing me that using the word epilogue in the title was not the way to go. Which, thank you, Yugo. And then I spent 15 minutes just checking every top-level domain and making a short list of ones that I thought we could make puns based off of. And then <laughs> we, I, did, I did vet every single top-level domain that one can buy and then it's... ended up finding... Um, the other, right, the other top level domain that, that we use is, um, smile4.me, which redirects you to something game related. It might be, mm. it might be the smile for me page on my website, or it might be the steam page. I don't remember which one it redirects you right now. Interesting. I, I did not do that. I, I went to smileformegame.com, I think. Yeah, so yeah. I that's the fun Dr. Habit one. Got right. like oh, three right, websites yeah. for this game. It's a lot of websites. <laughs> How many more are there going to be? Are there any, are there any the secret game. ones out there? Are there any secret smile-free websites? Uh, I guess I, they wouldn't be oh, a secret. Oh, there is. Yeah. There is. There is a secret smile-free website. God, I, I forgot. I can't believe you asked me this. Um, there is a secret... I, have, I, have we ever tweeted about this, Hugo? Nope. It was like on the list that we never did it at some point. There's a website where you can... Oh, this is well. This is an indie function exclusive you're getting here, until I, until I make some other post about it. This is there, there's there's a website where you can play with a kind of like parallax puppet drawing of Doctor Habit um, using either that will either follow your mouse movement or follow as you tilt the the surface of your phone. Mm -hmm. It's all I can say is it, it's hidden somewhere on my website. GabeLane.com. You'll have to search around to find the secret habit toy page mm -hmm. on GabeLane.com. Can I ask uh, 
No. Will you stumble yes. upon <laughs> it by clicking around, or will you stumble upon it by trying different URL extensions? Or is that if you is that try, if you try different URL extensions, you would get it. But the fun way to get there is by clicking around. Okay. You would also get there by like opening up the files of the website and just and finding it. But if you if you want a challenge, go to my website and you try to try to find the the secret Doctor Habit. But, you know, a little responsive toy. Yeah. Do you, do you have um, our, our favorite topic, uh, analytics? Do you have, like, tracking on there? Has anybody ever visited this page? Do you know? I don't know. Probably not, because I don't think I've... I, I, I put it up there, like, six months ago and <laughs> forgot to say anything. <laughs> this wasn't... Because this wasn't, like... Okay, okay, let me, let me get some background. This was just for fun. This wasn't, like, a promotional thing. Because I had done it for myself. I wanted a little bit of a self-portrait on my website. So I made a little... Um, I'm going to show you show you this real quick. I made a version of, of me for my phone. Mm -hmm. um, refresh so it, it resets the tracking point. But you can kind of see it kind of like tilts around, etc. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I built that in such a way that it was really scalable. Like all you had to do was was pop in another set of vector art and you would make another one. So I was like, hey, this is kind of fun. Let's make a little Dr. Habit one. And then we did and I put it online and we never said anything <laughs> about it. Yep. <laughs> but it's out there. Publish it, forget about it. Yeah. Oops. I, I can't believe you asked if there are any secret smiling <laughs> websites. How do you know? I didn't know. You see, I've been doing this interviewing for so many years. I know how you indie devs operate. Right. You know about all the secret websites. At our little, we have our little cabal meetings mm -hmm. where we all just chant the words "secret website, secret website, secret mm -hmm. website." Yeah, I mean, the. I mean, where do you start? I mean, this part of the broadcast has been redacted for privacy concerns. I don't think we should divulge that information. Yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> we probably shouldn't. It's true. I mean I know sort of about a secret game dev website, if if I may share. Mm -hmm. Are you going to whisper it into your fish? Oh, no, no. Okay, um, we'll, we'll get but, it. But it's an actual cool thing um, that sort of served as a little bit of inspiration for our game. Um, mm -hmm. So Psychonauts by Double Fine Tim Schafer. There is a website that he made to help like flesh out all the different camper characters called Campster. And it's very hard to find on the website, but it does exist. But what it is, is it's a fake, like, um, before Facebook was a thing, there was this thing called Friendster. Mm. And he made a Friendster profile for every single one of the characters. And the characters have their, like, favorite movies listed, like, real movies that you can go watch. And it's interesting because each movie sort of feeds into the character's psyche, which is interesting to, like, analyze. It has, you know, their, their age, their favorite foods, their hilarious profile descriptions of themselves because they're a bunch of like 10 year olds so they're all like you know up on themselves but mm -hmm. on each page they have the characters commenting and chatting with each other about like the most inane things but it served as like sort of character building for the game like how are they gonna interact in the game this was sort of like the blueprint and it's an incredible little website i love it so much it took me until now to realize that was some part of the inspiration for our epilogue Mm -hmm. I'm guessing, right? There's a, it's a very similar thing, right? It's this, it's this little, it's a false, it's, it's a, it's a false version of another kind of website where these fictional characters have opportunities to interact with each other in order to build their character. 
Yeah. Yeah, I wow. talked with one of my friends who is pursuing a degree in editing. Uh, so she does; she's done a lot of writing herself and edits, you know, other people's writing. Uh, and she just like went off for a little bit. She's like, "Oh my gosh, it would be so much fun being the creators right now, being able to have this interaction because all, all, most of the characters don't interact with one another in the game, um, or if they do, like it happens in between, and you kind of see the results." And in the epilogue, mm-hmm. like, you get to see all of them interacting and how how their personalities mesh. Um, yeah, very, very interesting. And I can almost imagine that it would be difficult because you have 22 characters, 20, 23 actually, um, <laughs> to, to get in there but not have them all talk over one another and, like, have them come in and out. Um, yeah. yeah. How many iterations did you go through and what was the process like of trying to figure out who says what and where it was going? Of the website? Uh, yeah, of the dialogue tree, I guess. Or not really tree, but just the dialogue trunk, maybe? Okay, okay, okay. Of the epilogue, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was kind of think? stream of consciousness. Um because we we had different like milestones that we wanted like okay we need them to talk about this thing at some point and we need them to talk about this thing at some point but the in between it was like at least for me when I was writing it it was very stream of conscious like oh if this person said something like this who would be the most likely to come and razz them and comment about that yeah Um, (laughs) yeah it was it was pretty fun it was it was fairly it was way easier than I thought it was going to be because I was sort of I was all I wasn't dreading it but I was like Oh man, I hope I, I hope we can make these interactions feel genuine. And turns out the way to make them feel genuine is just you know more stream of conscious stuff because that's how it yeah. would be in the moment. It um, we we did a lot of mapping beforehand for sure. We had like a roadmap for for what kind of plot points happen when and how the mm-hmm. whole epilogue wraps up. And then we you know, like Hugo said, we kind of went through and we filled it in and wrote the things that made sense because. We we had to get back into the some of these characters to really write in their voice again, but these characters are pretty familiar for each of us. Um, yeah, it's hard in a in a thread of twenty three people. It's really hard to feel <laughs> like like the twenty two who aren't talking are still there. Um, but we found that like little interjections that don't even really slow down your pace of reading. You know, someone says something and then three characters each have like a two-word response. They can help with that sometimes. Make it feel like it's a more active, you know, as close as you can get to the Discord, um, several people are typing um, <laughs> while still making it seem like a, like a 90s email service. Do you each have a character that you identify with very strongly? And is there a character that you each despise? Okay, can we can we assign this for each other? Oh shit! Ooh. So um, you so no, I'm just gonna. Sorry, you. I'm just gonna. You go is Petunia. You go is 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 absolutely like like tiny tiny little person with huge gloves gonna punch you in the face. Um, she she like, was the one that had you grab all the armor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Get mm-hmm. get get a mask and get a cape and a and a glove and then just ready to ready to kill the green menace 
Yeah, uh, typing as Petunia diegetically, like, on Habit's website, because there's a section with, like, reviews and stuff, and typing for it in the um, epilogue is really fun, because I, I have to type as if I have big punching gloves on, so I'm just, like, <laughs> and if, if you can if you can read it, great. If you can't read it, tough. That's just going to be how it is. Um, right. Petunia is Dr. Habit, but without the second pass for legibility. <laughs> Did you write There's that off as a business expense? Two boxing gloves? Or two keyboards after they all get destroyed <laughs> during the process of writing this website. Mm. Um, there's a lot of physical processes in writing these characters, we've come to realize. Mm-hmm. There's, a lot of, there's a lot of method acting. Yeah, it's, I find it surprisingly fun and easy to slip into different characters. Um, one that I think was really fun to type um, for the epilogue, at least even if it was short, was Marv, the old man who loves fishing, because 100% he is inspired by those old people Facebook posts. Um, you know, the ones just is like, I'm thinking about those beans posted on Bush Beans' <laughs> official Facebook page. It's amazing. Um, yeah, it's, it's it was really fun to get back into character for these. Um, yeah. yeah. The character that I have the most... Um, the most fun writing is, is Trenzel, um, because Trenzelvarnia, because uh, it always takes me several passes to get a line right for him. But the first right, the first line I like, I like write the sentence, mm-hmm. and then the second pass I come back and I just increase the length. I make every word more posh and more highfalutin, mm-hmm. and I insert more words, and I like change the word the word likely to like most certainly like I do all of that. Right. And then I go back for a third pass and I do it all again. And I change most certainly to, to all, but all, but absolutely certainly like bullshit like that. And he's the most fun to write because there's no amount. There's no amount of extra syllables and long words I can give to him that aren't funny. So every (laughs) pass like the more the more long-winded he is the better so every pass just makes him just makes him better he's great is this is this vampire dad this yeah. is vampire dad okay. <sighs> oh shit is is this is, is this is this, is this a, not a vampire dad okay sorry is this a character that likes hanging out in the shadows is this is this a gardener this is this is this is <laughs> this is the character who who likes to hang upside down, but it's not, it's not what you think. It's you not weird. <laughs> Stop asking me about it. <laughs> yeah, this is, this, is, this is the vampire dad who thinks that he's being secret about being a vampire when he's... When, yeah. Absolutely not. Did you ever have the item interaction with Trensel involving the mirror? Yes, that's how I discovered it. And then somebody earlier was like, you didn't notice that when you took when you took a picture yeah, of them, and I was like, you know, I did realize like they weren't fully in frame, and I was just like, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, I took the pocket mirror, and I was like, oh, here we go. Here's the here's the vampire. Here's the vampire. There will be vampires. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Can can the wolf boy turn into a wolf? Is that is that something you're willing to disclose? I mean, I think you saw it for yourself. The beautiful, <laughs> amazing, muscle-rippling transformation on screen 
with lots of screaming. You, you saw it there first. It's there. Ian, Ian, gets, Ian gets where we're coming from. I'm in, <sighs> I'm in here and I'm nodding. That's, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> yeah, just like... Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, I saw it with my own eyes, but I just... I don't know. It, it's it's hard for me to believe that it's you know, hard. like it's vampires easy how... wolves. It's almost difficult to believe how well he transforms right in front of your eyes during gameplay. Mm-hmm. It's so it's incredible. It's truly um, for for the listeners here. If nothing else, you should play this game for the incredible, the incredible pinnacle of the the technological achievement of shader and graphics technology that we use for only this moment to show this unbelievable transformation of boy into wolf it's truly it's uh, it's just you know nothing else to say we want a technical oscar for it um, yeah my 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 obs stream almost crashed it was crazy my gpu melted Right. I mean, this is this is why this is why we say you you can't reasonably run the game on on anything less than two 1080s in sequence. Because <laughs> one of them will the, melt, and then the, the other one kicks in. The number of vertices in the fur alone numbers in the numbers in the high millions. Anyway, Hugo, how was it modeling Here, all these? All this fur. Dumb joke. Oh, I mean. I, I've got some friends. I've got some friends who are furries. I know all the tech. I know all the furry tech. They taught you. You didn't like commission them. Oh yeah, no. I I straight observation learning. I got it down pat. This is a cool joke we've been doing for sixty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. I think Gabe wants to move on from this joke. <laughs> so you go. The the question I is, actually, do I we continue? Ch- I actually just wanted to clarify. <laughs> Not that there's any shadow of a doubt. Anyway, yeah. play the uh, game. You will, you will know why that's, yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. So there, there is a lot, and this goes back to like the mush earlier uh, with the camera. One of my favorite effects, I'm just, oh, I want to go make it myself is when the camera gets all whoa, 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 oh, like all yeah. warpy uh yeah. like uh as as nighttime is is uh drawing in and i i feel there was one more point i know like towards the end of the game it happens but i feel that there was one more point in the game that there was another camera effect but i can't remember i mean doesn't that tend to happen when you try to stay up past your bedtime too past yeah, yeah. It's, it, yeah it starts to happen a little bit when you sleep Gotcha. Yeah. I wonder what it was. Oh my gosh! You you even got to write dialogue for the bed. Yeah. Oh my god. We did oh get that. God. We got to write dialogue for the. I don't want it. I'm gonna get more water, and you all can talk about the bed. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the bed was some of the most harrowing dialogue I've ever had to write in my entire life. Um, I remember proposing the idea. I was like, hey, Gabe, what if the bed was alive and it was also a cowboy that was really <laughs> into you, specifically? 
And Gabe was, at this point, I had proposed so many crackpot ideas to Gabe that at this point, she was just like, yep, go for it. And then I proceeded to write the most disgusting things that I've ever written in my entire life. That was the cowboy bed. They made it into the game. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I... I remember turning away and, like, the dialogue got super small, and I was like, wait a second, what? And then turned around and it got big again, I was like, dear lord, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's not, that's not like the other characters. Mm-mm. Yeah, there, and there was a bunch of, like, specific cowboy references, because for some reason that week I was like, gotta watch a bunch of western movies unrelated to this whole bed thing so i was like referencing like ah doc holiday yada 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 and it was it was a good time it was horrible um there were some worse lines that didn't make it into the game they were just there was just far too much but um the nastiness still it was still seeping in there a bit it was pretty good though oh good i got back in time to the word nastiness with uh, her water right now, uh, that bed was thirsty. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I swear to God, if you make if you make me choke to death during your podcast, that's admissible as evidence. I can still delete this. <laughs> <laughs> Finish recording a podcast and just take a magnet to your hard drive. <laughs> Do you all have a good time talking about the bed? I think I voiced the bed. Was that Yeah, me? you did. Yeah, Christ. that was you. Christ. <laughs> Christ. Uh, Doing the yeah, deepest yeah. voice I could and then pitch shifting it down lower. It was very so, good. Tell me, how did you get into the mindset of the bed? <laughs> I don't want to answer that. Uh, <laughs> I, I, um, man. I just, I don't know why we thought that the bed has to have such a deep voice. It just feels like it makes sense. It did. A bed is kind of just a big mouth, if you think about it. And that's the hill I'm going to die on. How are y'all doing? <laughs> no, we're loving this. Uh... <laughs> um, I, I don't know how I got... Here's the thing. I don't know if I've really ever said that I voiced the bed because... My deepest fear is that someone's going to extract the lines and then pitch shift them up until you can hear me again. And then I think I would die. <laughs> I mean, while I'm editing this, I'm going to have, you know, audacity open anyway, so. Christ. You know, you know, you know like, clips of, of Slow Down Yoshi? Where you, can, you can, where you can hear the voice actor going, ah, wah, 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 wah. Oh, um, wah, wah, <laughs> <laughs> my my number one fear is that someone someone does that with the bed and gets retrieves me from the bowels of that of that uh dot wave or whatever format I put it in. Fantastic, yeah. Uh, I'll I'll submit it to uh we we had this writers resource on uh, recently, so I'll go to their site, create a new page just for a smile for me. Uh, and that'll be the one asset thrown up there is uh, the original sound. Do you mean it? That means a lot. Thanks, Brett. Uh, of course. <laughs> really... Anytime, Gabe. Count on you. <laughs> Let me know what other favors you need. What other what other weird things that I that I I don't want posted online? Yeah. Um, 
No, I'm not. I'm not so serious about that fear. But I definitely, I was definitely like in. I was living in a dorm when we made most of this game, so I like definitely was down in like a soundproofed piano room, <laughs> speaking speaking deeply into my phone microphone. Oh yeah, that's right. This was a high tech production. This game. Um, I used my Samsung phone, um, and, and that that room was soundproofed enough that there wasn't reverberation. But I'm not sure it was soundproof enough that people in the study room next door didn't hear me mm-hmm. saying "yeehaw" in a very deep voice. So, um, if you uh, if you went to my school and you still tell a story to this day about the time you were studying and then you heard a ghost yeehaw at you, I'm sorry. That's my bad. <laughs> yeah, um, as Gave a semi-related thing, um, recording voices and sound bites for this game was so much fun because um, uh, Gabe and I voiced a number of the characters and we also had a bunch of our friends voice characters but my god was it fun um, and the, the the way that we had recorded stuff is something that I had done before um, the first time I did it was with my uh, senior film Ah He's Sick I wanted everyone to speak this sort of like backwards Twin Peaks-ish like gibberish um, and that ended up being what we did for a smile for me too, which is I think a lot of people really liked that, and that's kind of something that I want to continue in the future, because there's so much that you can just like assume from the voices. Like you're not hearing it in perfect like spoken English or any sort of language, but you can infer like what the character would sound like, and there's there's more room for the imagination there. Yeah, that um, Hugo's Hugo's film Ah uh, He's Sick came out. It had to be less than two or three weeks after we started talking, mm-hmm. and um, you know, it was it was this this amazing this amazing little little concentrated like you know glass of of Hugo's style and all of the all of the cool quirky things that you like to do, and um, it definitely you had been talking to me about that voice style and I was into it, but then. When I saw that video, I was like, yeah, I can see why you love this. It creates such a weird, such a weird, fun atmosphere. Because, mm-hmm. like, in, and I'm not dissing, like, regular voice acting or anything, but there's so many times where, like, a delivery of a line can completely, like, ruin or change the mood. But when, when it's gibberish, you can make it up in your mind yourself. Um, you can decide if it sounds good or bad or whatever. I mean, maybe that's not the best way to put it, but you, you know what I mean, right? Mm-hmm. In fact, a, a number of the a number of the events that have happened in our community that were the biggest for building um, knowledge and awareness of the game um, happened because of the way we did voices. For example, um, Penny Parker, the streamer, uh, Snapcube. Um, made a full playthrough of our game um, voicing all of the characters in real time as she yes. went. And that that playthrough is, I mean, first of all, that was the first time I had seen her stuff and it's incredible. Like, like she should be on everyone's, everyone's media list and is absolutely on mine for the rest of my life. Um, but also a ton of people found out about the game that way because she had an interpretation of the characters that people super, super loved. Um, I remember going to 
uh, Boston Festival of Indie Games. And over the course of the day, maybe maybe 20 people that I spoke to um, had already seen or played played the game. And of that number, um, probably half or more than half knew about it because of that playthrough specifically. Um, it's It like opened the door for this whole other kind of creation people can make about our game, which was their interpretations of the sounds and the voices of our world. Um, there was actually the fan response when we did our, our, um, our first, actually, no, I'm sorry. When we did our last round of testing, um, one of the big responses <laughs> that we got back from testing I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tread a little bit around this so I don't exactly reveal, although if you've been listening, you're probably going to figure it out. There's, there's one character in particular that um, everyone wanted to kiss that we hadn't thought to put in. And it was like, the, it was the single response that we got the most times to all of our testing was like, you gave us these lips and you won't let us kiss this one character. And it actually resulted in us in the last couple of weeks of development adding a third ending to the game. There's, there are three endings. There's a there's a good ending, a bad ending, and we added a medium ending. Um, <laughs> there's like an ending between between the good and bad one because everyone was like, "How did you, how did you manage to forget this this one character that we want to kiss?" Yeah, and you mm-hmm. can still you can still use the kiss in the good or something for a little bit of extra something something, but there there is that that melancholy uh, neutral end there that we added because of, because of a lot of people. It was really funny, like, looking at, our, looking at our test Discord and people being like, hey, what if? What yeah, if? Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. You know? <laughs> There's, we, we, for testing, we conducted, like, we had a Google form, and I was looking through the results, and for the one question that was like, that was like, what's something you'd like to see added to the game? It was just, I think, almost uniformly that answer. <laughs> rarely, rarely do you get such a clear-cut direction to go when you're testing a game. But I don't know. I guess when you when when you give people when you give people a really sandboxy tool like that, like the ability to kiss anyone, and then there's someone they can't kiss. I think it almost broke people's immersion. I think that's how upset they were about not being able to kiss this character. <laughs> I can imagine, yeah. Um, yeah, I had a friend that was like, hey, you should, you should go get one more kiss, you know, just just because. I was yeah. like, huh, it might not be a bad idea. <laughs> Thank you both for coming on. Absolutely, this was, this yeah. was really, really great. Um, should we uh, let everyone know where to find us? Absolutely, go for it. Um, you go, do you want to... Sure thing. You can find me on almost every single website just if you type in Yugsley, Y-U-G-S-L-Y, or just type in Yugo Limbo. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on the YouTubes, I'm on the Twitters, I'm on the Tumblrs, and the Instagrams, even if I don't know how to use that last one very well. I'm there. <laughs> I've never even heard of any of those. Um, <laughs> I, you can find... My social media, my my um, Twitter, my Tumblr, and my Instagram are Gabe of Lane, um, and my website is GabeLane.com. Um, there are links to 
Smile for Me and a couple of other projects, and where there is a secret uh, Dr. Habit site if you troll around my website for long enough. Um, and I, I think that's it's mostly where I'm at. Um, that's us. That's Limbo Lane. Fantastic. Ooh. And for your next game, where would the where would the place be to keep an eye out for announcements and news Twitter. about that? Yeah, keep following our Twitters um, for for the moment until anything changes. We've been posting stuff about Limbo Lane on the Twitters of Limbo and Lane. Yeah. So so that's where you should give a follow if you uh, want to see any news about a new project. Thank you for listening into part two of episode 91 of Indie Radio. Indie Radio is recorded using open broadcaster software and edited with Audacity. You can find more of our shows on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Thank you again for listening, and we hope to see you then. Cut this out.